Michelle Robinson was born in 1964, the second and youngest child in the Robinson family. Michelle's father had multiple sclerosis, and she said that this affected her as a child. She wanted to work hard in school and do well to make her parents proud. Her parents wanted this as well and helped Michelle by enrolling her in Chicago's Magnet High School, a selective enrollment high school for gifted students from various backgrounds. Michelle excelled in school and extracurricular activities and decided to follow her older brother to Princeton, but her high school guidance counselor told her that she wasn't Princeton material. Michelle persevered, quietly applying to Princeton anyways and was accepted to the university. At Princeton, Michelle was a very active student. She worked in various clubs and organizations. She majored in sociology and graduated cum laude in 1985 with a thesis entitled Princeton Educated Blacks and the Black Community. Michelle went on to Harvard Law School. While at Harvard, she participated in demonstrations advocating for the hiring of professors from minority groups. She also worked at the Harvard Legal Aid Office. After Harvard, Michelle started working at a Chicago law firm, Sidley and Austin. While there, she was asked to introduce another young black up and coming lawyer to the firm in hopes that he too would join the firm after obtaining his JD from Harvard. That person was Michelle's future husband, Barack Obama. While Barack pursued politics, Michelle went into nonprofit work. When Barack began his presidential campaign, Michelle continued to work for a time, cutting her hours down and maximizing efficiency. But she soon realized that she would have to choose between work and facilitating the home life and campaign life that she wanted for her family. Gracefully and without a fuss, Michelle Obama took a temporary leave of absence from her typical 9-to-5 job, quietly doing good and impacting her community, in order to pursue a larger cause and place herself under the very critical political microscope. Michelle always surrounded herself with diverse, strong women. Her inspirations in college were women, her guides and allies during her career were women, and her campaign team was a strong group of women with whom she grew very close. Michelle Obama became the best educated first lady and the first black lady of the United States and used her platform to advocate kindness and health, attributes she had also been instilling in her daughters throughout their lives. During every presidential campaign, Michelle, her husband, and her daughters were subjected to gross smear campaigns, online internet vitriol from racist misogynist trolls, and terrible threats. After years and years of the lies and threats, Michelle held her head up at the 2016 Democratic National Convention and bravely declared, when they go low, we go high. She did not and would not be party to any of the mudslinging, lies, and manipulation that sadly infects politics. And of course, the 2016 Republican candidate, Donald Trump, who had been attacking Barack, Michelle, and their family, even though they were not running, with lies and vitriol. True to her word, Michelle Obama left the White House graciously, 
hoping perhaps that the progress her family had made would not be undone by the new president, but always graceful and gracious in public. Michelle has since shared her inspirational journey full of ups and downs in her autobiography, Becoming, and the Netflix documentary based on the same. If you haven't read Becoming yet, I cannot recommend it enough. This is no ghost-written sales gimmick type of book. I laughed, I cried, I was inspired. Michelle's distinct voice shines and shows her talent for storytelling, honesty, humor, and vulnerability. Check out the link to her book in the show notes or read it from your local library. And since the world seems to be on a temporary Netflix-centered standstill, check out the documentary there anytime. Hello, witches, women, and other amazing listeners. Happy Juneteenth. I'm Hannah, the bipolar bisexual host of this bi-weekly podcast of witches and women. In this podcast, we get to explore the lives of powerful women, both real and mythological. Strong women have historically been labeled as witches or something else equally troubling, taboo, and easy to justify killing or dismissing. I'm telling their stories because most of these tales are amazing and all of them are fascinating. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Google Play and if you do social media, connect with me through Of Witches and Women on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Of course, be sure you also check out the website, which is the most in-depth and exciting resource I can offer you. When you visit ofwitchesandwomen.com, you'll find fantastic merchandise of both the serious and salty variety. Lots of the merchandise is limited edition, so get it while we're still in ancient Greece. You'll also find the Grimoire Gallery, which is our internet gallery curated with art by today's working artists and featuring witches, women, and goddesses of ancient Greece. If you see something you like, you can support a small business by visiting the artist's portfolio sites to see, share, or purchase more of their work. Plus, you can even buy some of their prints starting at just $15 in the Of Witches and Women shop. If you're not a fan of fake news, then you need to check out the Lamia Library, where I list all of my show notes and other resources and recommendations. Of course, subscribe to the newsletter The Oracle on any page of the Of Witches and Women website. Just scroll down and add your email address. The bi-weekly oracle tells the shorter, fascinating, more obscure stories that we won't get to cover on the show. It highlights grimoire gallery artists, shares simple spells and book recommendations, and more. So don't miss out. Subscribe today. Listeners, let's talk shop. Specifically, the Of Witches and Women merchandise shop. We have beautiful prints and t-shirts created by contemporary artists, salty t-shirts, fierce joggers, magic coffee mugs, witch sister bracelets, stickers, and more merch designed by me as well. Plus, when you buy art, either as a print or a t-shirt, the proceeds go to the hardworking artist. And when you buy the other merchandise, I can afford to buy myself a Pop-Tart, a maybe. So, 
Take a look at ofwitchesandwomen.com slash shop. Hestia was born the first child of Kronos and Rhea. She was the first to be devoured by her jealous, controlling monster of a father. Hestia was followed by her brother Hades, then Demeter, then Poseidon, and finally Hera. She was trapped for decades, perhaps centuries, an immortal being constantly eroded by the acidic juices of her titan father's stomach, torture with no end in sight. But Hestia was strong. She weathered this pain and betrayal and abandonment with as much grace as she could. When Zeus forced his father to regurgitate his siblings, Hestia, first in, was the last out, the longest prisoner of the narcissistic Kronos' fear, rage, and control issues. In this way, Hestia became the firstborn and the last reborn of the Olympians. Hestia fought in the battle for Olympus with justice and fear raging in her heart. Never again would she be trapped, enslaved, or tortured. After the battle for Olympus was won, Poseidon and Apollo fought for her hand in marriage, but Hestia could not do it. After being literally trapped inside a man who was supposed to have raised her and loved her for so long, she could not bind herself to another man for eternity. She desperately needed freedom to find herself and to love herself to experience the world and learn who she was, what she liked, what she wanted, and to develop her own identity. Zeus heard and honored her plea for independence, and she was the first goddess to be granted eternal maidenhood. Additionally, her heart was magically guarded from Aphrodite and Eros's magic, a guarantee made to no one else. Hestia, the first, was given the responsibility and honor of the hearth goddess. As the goddess of the hearth, Hestia's essence dwelt in every fire and pyre in ancient Greece. And whenever a sacrifice was made in the flames to any god, the first portion of the sacrifice was offered up to Hestia as payment for carrying the sacrifice to the god or goddess petitioned. To mortals and humanity, Hestia was chief among the goddesses, held in higher esteem than even her sister, Queen of Heaven. Hestia was the goddess of the hearth and home. She was the one called upon for a full belly, a warm bed, a safe and happy family. All domesticity fell under her realm, and she was recognized for her great influence and importance. An original Olympian, Hestia sat on the Council of the Twelve, until Zeus's most corrupt and wild bastard son, Dionysus, god of wine and madness, among other things, erupted from Zeus's thigh, yes, his thigh, and stormed Olympus demanding a seat at the table. Rather than go to battle again and watch her siblings and nieces and nephews tear themselves apart, Hestia retired her seat on the council, but held her role as the collector of sacrifices, a far more powerful role, and with it she could influence any and all gods, 
who were indebted to her because she brought them the source of their power, the sacrifices, prayers, and beliefs of the people. Hestia has no children of legend. By today's Christian standards, she probably was the only virgin goddess, whether because she was simply asexual and disinterested, or because her understandable trust issues and trauma ran far too deep, Hestia didn't reproduce or create a family herself. Instead, she was the heart of every family throughout Greece and Rome. Hestia and her Roman counterpart Vesta were worshipped in every ancient city. Hestia had many temples and statues in her honor and was also honored at every home hearth. When a new city was founded, the people would light a torch at an existing city pyre dedicated to Hestia and carry it to the new city pyre, lighting it to officially bless the city with the favor of the gods and the protection of the goddess of the hearth. That pyre was used to light the home hearths in the area and invite the goddess into the innermost workings of the family. Hestia, whose own family was a disaster from day one, sought out a way to piece together a family of her own, a family that spanned cities and civilizations. One could argue that the dethroning of Hestia on the Council of Olympus and replacing her with Dionysus marked the downfall of ancient Greece. In this transition, the balance of power shifted to the men, and Dionysus ushered in a culture of drunken, sexual irresponsibility that was justified by blaming the temporary madness on an Olympic deity of the council. With such an easy excuse, it's easy to see why Greece turned into a culture of infighting, crumbling from within and therefore exposing itself to outside conquerors. Hestia, or Vesta, is still an icon to those who study and practice witchcraft today. She was the original kitchen witch, with an emphasis on the hearth or heart of the home. Many witches make offerings to Hestia each day, even today, by burning a pinch of salt over the stove or sweeping it into the coals of their fireplace. Ooh, I would love a fireplace. Shout out to all my listeners who love witchcraft and the paranormal. If that's you, then I know that you will love the Cousins Coven podcast. Cousins Coven podcast is run by Sharon and Wendy, two witchy cousins who love to discuss the paranormal with their own twist. Listen along as they discuss the occult, the basics of witchcraft, the paranormal, the metaphysical, aliens, cryptids, and beyond. Join them every Wednesday for new episodes. Find the Cousins Coven podcast on Google and Apple Podcasts, WordPress, Spotify, YouTube, and Patreon, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts, and enjoy. Michelle Obama and the goddess of the hearth and flame, Hestia, had something very important in common. In Michelle's words, when they go low, we go high. 
Both took the high road against disgusting opponents, choosing to step away graciously rather than stoop to the level of a miscreant. On the flip side, neither woman is afraid to get her hands dirty for a true and just cause. Michelle Obama literally filled her White House hearth with fruits and vegetables from a garden she tended herself. She stood up to bullies and fought for her family and for the bigger picture, for a diverse, just, and loving America. Justice Hestia, a fearsome warrior, subdued the monstrous titans with her siblings and allies. She also soothed the cold hearth for a poor family on a rainy day. Both chose their battles wisely and understood that power doesn't come from titles or the approval of bullies. True power comes from within, within yourself, within your family, within your home. Even if that home is the White House or that home is every different home in ancient Greece without plumbing or electricity, from the homes of widows to the homes of young families to the homes of maiden priestesses who served in the Greek temples. Every home is different, and every home is worthy of love, safety, and protection from the goddess of the hearth. So today, witches, let's think on Hestia, goddess of the hearth, and strive to better know ourselves as she did to brave that journey of self-reflection so that we may become better at self-protection and self-care. Let's learn how to build and defend our personal boundaries. Then we can do the same for our familial boundaries. Finally, we can begin to influence others and the world for good. Let's strive to create our own peaceful, sacred spaces or just moments each day to center ourselves and to aim high in our goals and in our behavior, despite the opposition we face as individuals, whether we be devoured goddesses, young schoolgirls, struggling podcasters, or even first ladies. That's a wrap on today's episode. Thank you all so much for listening. I'm happy to say we have over 5,000 listens. That's because of you, my wonderful witches, listeners, and fabulous women. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure you and your family, be it friends, relations, or other, are subscribed to the Of Witches and Women podcast on Apple or Google or Spotify. And please write me a magical review on your podcast app so others can enjoy the show as well. Connect to me and the pod on social media. Look up of witchesandwomen.com for even more great content and the amazing Hestia Help Us t-shirt. And of course, subscribe to the Oracle. Stay fierce, witches, and I'll catch you next time. Of Witches and Women is brought to you by SHH Media, LLC.